0: Well, I'm going to be treated very unfairly uh, during the debate.
1: Oh, okay. So it's already unfair. Got it. Well, I don't know why I came here tonight. I got the feeling that something right. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. And I'm wondering how i get down the stairs. Clowns to the me, choose.
2: Cause to the right here i am stuck in the middle with you yep. yes, I'm stuck in the from
1: Pacifica with you. radio in los angeles this is the broadcast as heard on kpfk 90.7 fm people powered radio in la 98.7 fm in santa barbara 93.7 fm in san diego 99.5 fm in Ridgecrest and china lake Up in Oregon on 91.7 FM KYAQ on the Central Coast and 106.7 FM Queso in Cottage Grove. In Lancaster, Pennsylvania on 93 FM WLRI. In beautiful Maui on 88.5 FM KAKU. In Columbus, Ohio on WGRN 94.1 FM. In Palinville, New York on 102.9 FM WLPP. And in Minneapolis, St. Paul on AM 950 KTNF, the Progressive Voice of Minnesota. Just a few of the many terrestrial stations carrying the broadcast along with those on the intertubes on the Progressive Voices channel, Netroots Radio, Indie Media Weekly, FYI Nation, F- FYI Nation, Nicole Sandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, GDPR, Revolution 99, Detour Talk, Radio Monterey, and Radio Sputnik. Blanketing planet Earth five days a week. You have found the Bradcast. I'm Brad Friedman, your uh, friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, all-around swell fellow says me. And, uh, by the way, many, many, many other people. I've heard it from uh, many people, how swell I am.
2: All the best people.
1: All the best people.
2: Say the nicest things.
1: They do. They do. And I can't tell you who they are, but uh, trust me, believe me, believe me, many, many people. Uh, blogger from bradblog.com. Thank you for joining us today. That, of course, was the lovely Desi Doyen. We will get to her in a moment. Uh, and we will get to your calls in a little bit concerning the uh, concerning the debate coming up next Monday. Yes, the first presidential debate, 818 985 5735 will be our phone number. If you want to get uh, through to us, I'll get more specific in a second. You can also tweet me at the Brad blog. Overnight, once again, here we go again. Uh, about 16 police officers in Charlotte, North Carolina were uh, reportedly injured last night when a standoff between law enforcement and demonstrators turned ugly. Overnight, following an officer, ...who fatally shot a black man on Tuesday afternoon in Charlotte. Protesters clashed with police officers in riot gear and blocked a stretch of Interstate 85, according to the New York Times. Police Chief Kerr Putney said during a news conference on Wednesday that the officers had sustained minor injuries... ...and that one just one person had been arrested during the protests. They began in, uh, in the University City neighborhood in northeast Charlotte... Near the campus of the University of North Carolina at Charlotte, uh, Mayor Jennifer Roberts urged calm in a series of Twitter messages and promised a thorough investigation into the shooting death of Keith L. Scott, a 43-year-old African-American man. The community deserves answers and a full investigation will ensue, Mayor Roberts uh, promised. The shooting occurred just before 4 p.m. on Tuesday as officers were trying to serve an arrest warrant for a different person in this apartment complex. Police officers, police officials said that the officer opened fire because Mr. Scott, who they said was armed with a gun, quote, posed an an imminent deadly threat. Scott's family told local news outlet that he had not had a weapon. Instead, they said he had been clutching a book while waiting to pick up a child after school. The shooting revived scrutiny of a police department that drew national attention about three years ago when a white officer was quickly charged with voluntary manslaughter after he killed Jonathan Farrell, an unarmed black man. The uh, shooting in Charlotte this week uh, is the latest in a long string now of deaths of black people at the uh, at the hands of the police that have uh, stoked outrage around the country, says The Times. It comes just a few days after a white police officer in Tulsa, Oklahoma, fatally shot Terrence Crutcher, an unarmed black man who could be seen on video raising his hands above his head. And boy, I don't know, about 10 or 15 feet at best from police when he was gunned down by, those, uh, by the police, according to the video there. Um, a police spokesman uh, did not respond to inquiries about whether a dashboard or body camera had recorded the shooting in Charlotte. Uh, Chief Putney had acknowledged that uh, Mr. Scott had not been the subject of the outstanding warrant that had brought the police there in the first place. On Facebook, uh, Scott's daughter said the police fired without provocation. Quote, the police just shot my daddy four times for being black. We will keep our eyes on that story Uh, as it develops. Uh, Okay, coming up in a little bit, Desi Doyen will join us for the latest Green News Report. How are you, Desi Doyen?
2: I'm all right.
1: It's getting warm in this town, by the way. Have you noticed (laughs) that? Late September, getting kind of warm. Uh, so we've got uh, a, a number of things to cover, including that massive uh, gasoline pipeline spill in Alabama on, uh, on the Green News Report a little bit later, uh, some more news on the Dakota Access Pipeline, and this amazing situation where the, uh, the U.N. Secretary General Ban Ki-moon is now attempting to Trump-proof the Paris Climate agreement.
2: Yes, it's remarkable. <laughs> yeah. And we will have an update on that later.
1: And we, and we have an update as well uh, as the uh, U.N. is now meeting I- in New York and as Ban Ki-moon is desperately trying to uh, bring on board uh, for final ratification enough countries um, to essentially, yes, Trump proof this Paris agreement in the event that uh, Donald Trump wins the election on November 8th. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that in our Green News report coming up. In the meantime, speaking of getting hot, another month, another global heat record has been smashed. According to AP, we covered this a, a week or two ago. I think it was, uh, Desi Doyen, on the Green News report with NASA uh, coming out with these numbers.
2: That's right. NASA and NOAA, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, mm-hmm. they use two different sets that have uh, different... Uh, components to Mm -hmm. it, and also they calculate it slightly differently, so they often do come up with slightly different conclusions, but they both said that August 2016 was the hottest August ever recorded.
1: Warmer than the old August record that was set last year, just last year. This was the 16th consecutive month of record-breaking heat, said NOAA, uh, the National Oceanographic and Atmospheric Atmospheric Administration. NOAA uh, Monitoring Chief Deke Arndt said it was also the hottest summer, with 2016 on pace to smash last year's record for the hottest year. Uh, This is the fifth hottest month of any kind ever recorded, going back to 1880, says Noah. Um, The the June through August summer uh, beat the old summer heat record, which was set last year. According to Noah, the needle has been shoved all the way over into the red by greenhouse gases, according to Arndt.
2: And the jump in the temperature from last August to this August was almost one degree, and that's that's a pretty big jump. That's, oh. that's shockingly so. And it's also very disturbing, most meteorologists were saying, because there's no longer an El Nino that's goosing global temperatures. Mm-hmm. So this this kind of happened all on its own.
1: All on its own. And by the way, when you say one degree, uh, that's almost one degree Celsius, in fact, Uh this year was 1.66 degrees Fahrenheit, warmer than the uh, 20th century average for, uh, for August. So uh, organizer and MIT climate scientist Kerry Emanuel said these scientists wrote uh, a bunch of scientists, 375 members of the National Academy of Science uh, Sciences, uh, including Stephen Hawking and 30 Nobel laureates, Uh, They released a letter urging American leaders to not pull out of an international agreement to curb global warming. The letter said that presidential nominee Donald Trump's advocacy of withdrawing from that agreement would, quote, send a clear signal to the rest of the world that the United States does not care about the global problem of human-caused climate change. Manuel said, we're getting wake-up calls more frequently and we really have to do something about this. Oh, you think? Well, Desi Doyen has been doing something about this now for many years on our Green News Report, so uh, for, so thank you for that, Desi Doyan. And uh, speaking of things that we have been trying to warn you about for a very long time, uh, I, I was actually I was speaking to a, a radio producer yesterday for a show that I'm uh, going to be a guest on uh, tomorrow, I think, uh, up in the Bay Area, and she asked me if I thought that Trump was going to win. And I said, well, I don't do predictions, I told her, but if the question is Can Donald Trump win? The answer is he absolutely can win. And those chances of him winning are getting better by the day uh, for a whole bunch of reasons. But let me uh, focus right now on uh, the latest polls right now. Um, Ipsos Reuters now finds that Donald Trump has taken the lead nationally among likely voters. Uh, Hillary Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump are now tied at 39 percent among likely voters in the latest release of the Ipsos-Reuters tracking poll. That's in a head-to-head match. They are tied at 39 percent apiece. But with third-party candidates included, Donald Trump now leads this poll by two points, 39 to 37, with Libertarian Gary Johnson at 7 percent and Green Party candidate Jill Stein at 2 percent nationally. Uh, Clinton had had a slight advantage in the head-to-head race in last week's uh, Ipsos-Reuters poll. She was leading uh, just by 1.40 to 39 percent. The candidates were tied at 39 percent in the four-way race last week that Donald Trump now leads by two points. This marks the first time Donald Trump has come out ahead in either the head-to-head or the four-way race In uh, the Ipsos Reuters tracking poll, Uh, TPM's poll tracker average for the general election now shows Clinton still leading Trump, but by just barely more than two points nationally as an average across the country. Um that small gap has been closing very quickly over the past several weeks. And uh, in any event, either way, those are national numbers. It's the state by state results that actually matter here. And as we noted yesterday on the broadcast, new polling from the CBS Battlegrounds survey finds that ca- the candidates are now tied among likely voters across 13 battleground states with Trump now leading in the, uh, 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 in the poll averages in key states like Florida and Ohio. So a Trump presidency, for many of you uh, who may have been in denial for many, many months, is no longer just a theoretical concern as I see it. I believe that it is very real. And as I've been trying to warn pretty much uh, from day one, the day that he got into this race on June 16, 2015, uh, while most everyone else felt the possibility was ridiculous and unthinkable, I have been trying to explain to people on this program that it is not ridiculous or unthinkable in the least. Um, by the way, even in so-called safe states like here in, in blue California, Clinton's lead has been shrinking very quickly. Uh, and I don't know, to be frank, that there are any more safe states. I just don't know. Uh, a, and I, I believe uh, uh, Donald Trump is a dangerous enough authoritarian demagogue that I'm not sure uh, it's it's safe anymore to say, well, I'm in a safe state. If I'm going to vote for third party or whatever, uh, I don't know that there are any state safe states. I really don't, or at least not states that I feel comfortable about. And not just because of the polling, but because of so much of what we report on this program, how the electoral system is being gamed. Uh, the Bradley, so-called Bradley effect, where uh, n- nothing to do with me. It's not my fault. Don't blame me. Uh, but uh, where uh, p- uh, people don't want to tell pollsters uh, that they, yes, support a racist, authoritarian demagogue. So I think uh, Trump's numbers are actually much better than are what are being, than are what are currently being reflected in the polls. That's just my opinion. Uh, anyway, uh, more on that uh, tomorrow on on tomorrow's broadcast. If the radio gods are with us, uh, suffice to say, with the first presidential debate now coming up this Monday and maybe Democrats finally beginning to realize that it ain't going to be the cakewalk, they thought a month or two ago. Remember when they're owed oh, uh, Hillary Clinton, he'll destroy she'll destroy Donald Trump in those debates. Uh, You know, Donald Trump, sure, he may do well against Republicans, but in a general election when he's, uh, you know, got Democrats to contend with, that's a whole different story. Really? You sure about that now? (laughs) So, uh, you know, and they used to think, Republicans used to think that Trump was totally beatable, that he could never win the nomination. And then Democrats started uh, thinking that. And uh, well, in any event, this is getting very, very serious Uh, As I've been warning, uh, the the polls are now pretty much a dead heat. Uh, Trump and Clinton are now pretty much tied nationally and in the so-called swing states. And there is a whole hell of a lot riding on this upcoming debate on Monday. And we will see whether it will help propel a dangerously racist, wholly incompetent authoritarian demagogue. Uh, To the White House. And by the way, those are qualities that many of his supporters are actually in favor of. That's why they're voting for Donald Trump in many cases. And now we can add to that, by the way, the Republicans, uh, according to The New York Times today uh, and their polling report, uh, they now uh, say that Republicans now have a 52 percent chance of winning the Senate, of holding the majority in the Senate in 2016. And Washington Post confirms that as well. Uh, with, uh, with their, look at their polling average finding that Republicans are now favored to hold the majority in the U.S. Senate, uh, which is amazing to me. If Democrats can't win in a year like this, can't frankly win the Senate and the House and the White House in a year like this, Democrats need to take a look at what the hell they're doing and how they're running for national office. That's just me. Uh, in any event, the Washington Post, report, Post reports that uh, there is a, a, a tightening in the presidential race and there are strong performances by several GOP incumbents. And that's why uh, some of these targeted seats uh, have now moved into safer territory for the Republicans in the Senate. According to the Fix's debut ratings of the 34 seats up this year, 24 of which Republicans are defending, Right now, just two GOP seats are currently leaning towards Democrats. Uh, those are Senate seats in Illinois and Wisconsin. Uh, there are four races uh, that are toss ups in Indiana, Nevada, New Hampshire, and Pennsylvania. Um, but uh, right now, given that Republicans currently have an effective 54 46 majority in the U.S. Senate, Democrats would have to win three of those four toss ups. And that's if Hillary Clinton wins the presidency uh, so that Vice President Kane could uh, be the tiebreaker in a 50-50 Senate. Uh, and, of course, they'll have to win all four of those toss-ups if Trump wins the presidency. So, you know, I had considered opening up the phones today to those who would like uh, to make an affirmative argument for Donald Trump. Uh, why, is it, why is it? And I know we have a lot of listeners here who actually support Donald Trump. Uh, why is it that you do? And, and not because uh, you don't like uh, Hillary Clinton. I wanted to find out uh, for, uh, the affirmative argument also for Hillary Clinton, from Hillary Clinton supporters. Again, not because the other candidate sucks. Uh, that doesn't count. But you know what? With the debate coming up Monday... I actually want to try and focus on on that for a minute here, and uh, and with uh, with you callers. Uh, NBC's Lester Holt was going to serve as the moderator of that first presidential debate next week at Hofstra University University in New York, uh, and as we reported on the program yesterday, uh, he has announced that the topics to be covered are quote America's direction whatever that means, achieving prosperity, whatever that means, and securing America, whatever that means. According to the uh, Commission on Presidential Debates, those will be the topics. Uh, They all seem very general. They sound a bit Republican-y to my ears, but in any event, you can download yesterday's broadcast uh, for a few thoughts that I had on how I feel both Lester Holt and Hillary Clinton are likely to do in the debate. Um, uh, uh, For her part... Hillary Clinton expects to spend much of the presidential debate correcting Donald Trump, according to her, uh, her campaign manager on Wednesday. Robbie Mook said, uh, I think what's concerning about Donald Trump is that, first of all, he doesn't often tell the truth. So she's going to have to spend some time probably correcting the record, and you think, and making sure voters understand the facts. She wants to make sure that when she gets to the debate that she will clearly lay out the plans that she has developed to make a difference in people's lives. As of right now, we haven't seen real specifics concerning Trump's plans. We haven't seen serious plans at all, says uh, says Mook to uh, to CNN and uh, for his part for Donald Trump's part speaking on Fox News naturally on Monday he's already laying the ground for uh, things to work out his way no matter how things actually go at the first uh, at the first debate at Hofstra University on Monday
0: Well, I'm going to be treated very unfairly uh, during the debate because there's such pressure. You know, Matt Blower was very fair and he did a very good job. And everybody said, I won that debate, if you call it a debate, the one on NBC last week, the town hall. Uh, They said that that was a uh, forum. Yep. They said that that was an event that I won. And Matt Lauer was badly criticized. He sure was. And I think, you know, I mean I'll be honest, I think that that system is Are are you thinking this moderator, uh, who's going to be
2: on Monday? Yeah. Hofstra? It's uh, gonna,
0: yeah. It's uh, gonna be it's going to be Lester, Lester Holt. Holt. Are you worried Lester, that Lester Holt is gonna be uh unfair to you now? Well I have a uh, I, you know, I have a set of things that I'll be doing if that's the case. Sure. I think I think he I've always found him to be fair, but uh, you know, the system, as I said, it's a very, very dirty system. And it's a very unfair system. So we'll see what happens.
1: It's a very unfair system in that journalists ask questions and he will have to answer them. I guess that's the unfair part. Other than that, is both unfair and fair, according to Donald Trump. He's found uh, Lester Holt to be fair before, but he's sure he's going to be unfair this time. So we're now just days from the presidential uh, debate. Uh, starring Hillary Clinton and good Lord Donald Trump. So what would you like to see, Lester Holt? I want to focus on this if we can. A lot of people are calling in right now. Our numbers are 818-985-5735. What do you want to see asked of either Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton by uh, moderator Lester Holt? Uh, What kind of question? Never mind whether he will or not. What question do you want to hear the moderator ask of either candidate or both candidates? Up to you. 818 985 5735 is our phone number. You can also uh, tweet me. I am the Brad Blog if you uh, uh, prefer to reach me that way. Try to get to some of your tweets as well. On On yesterday's program, for example, we covered new information showing that Donald Trump unlawfully used a quarter of a million dollars. Of other people's money from his so-called charity foundation uh, as a slush fund to pay off personal and business legal obligations, completely illegal. Uh, Will he, should he be asked about that? If so, what should the question be? From moderator Lester Holt. Um, On Monday's program uh, this week, the broadcast covered the new pipeline rupture up in Alabama, which went unnoticed for days, spewing hundreds of thousands of gallons of gasoline into the environment down in rural Shelby County, Alabama, threatening endangered species found nowhere else in the world. That, even as the Obama administration uh, finally took a month, but they finally placed a temporary halt on the construction of the much larger Dakota Access Pipeline up near uh, Sacred Sioux tribal lands in South Dakota. Has Hillary Clinton and the Obama administration done enough on that front? Uh, And does Donald Trump really think getting rid of all EPA regulations entirely and the environmental protection laws meant to help prevent such contamination of our environment and of our climate Um, Will he really do that upon taking office, as he has claimed? What would you ask either of the candidates on Monday if you were the moderator of the first presidential debate? What do you want to hear them get grilled on? 818-985-5735 is our phone number. I'd love to hear from you, and we will do that right after this break. I'm Brad Friedman. Don't touch that dial. (laughs) Hey, this is Brad. What the public hears over the public airwaves matters. Without an informed electorate, we've got, well, we've got what we have right now. We do our best on the broadcast five days a week to balance that with accurate reporting on issues that actually matter. We don't always get it right, but we try like hell to do so. And we do it all independently and without the influence of corporate or political funding. But we can't do it without you. Please don't presume others will step up. We need you to help us keep doing what Desi Doyan and myself try to do every day on the broadcast. Please help us continue to do so by going to bradblog.com/donate to help keep the broadcast going and telling the truth over your public airwaves. That's bradblog.com/donate. Don't wait. Please stop by today. Thanks. But I- That day. Monday, Monday, coming up, the first presidential debate. Wondering what you think uh Lester Holt should ask of either Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton. 818-985-5735 is our phone number. You're listening to the Bradcast. I'm Brad Friedman from Bradblog.com. Let me go to uh Jason and Marina Del Rey. Hey Jason, welcome to the broadcast.
3: Hello, Brad. How are you
4: today? I'm
1: okay.
3: How are you? I am excellent. Thanks for asking. Yeah, Brad, I would love for somebody, or I would love for the moderator mm-hmm. to ask him what he thinks of climate change, because he's denied that there is any climate change. He just says he doesn't see it. You know, it's just weather and this weather changes. But, you know, we just had the hottest month Ever on record in August, according to the National Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, Noah, Noah, just
1: say Noah. Last
3: month, (laughs) and we're about to beat last year's record. So I mean, like, I I just feel personally that if you just if you can't even uh, agree that there is climate change, you're just too stupid to be president. You know? Uh,
1: Um, Okay, I hear you. So ask him. uh, So basically, ask Donald Trump: Does he still believe that climate change is a hoax? Created by the Chinese, as he has asserted, would that be a good way to put it, Jason?
3: <laughs> correct, correct. That, and I'd also love to see what he would say about, uh, you know, the Israeli occupation of Palestine,
4: mm-hmm.
1: uh,
3: as well as what he would do with Syria. You know, that, those are those are some ba- pretty pretty big issues right mm-hmm. now. So,
1: yep, very you know, good. I'm
3: sure he'd just take the gun, ho. You know, we'll just bomb the heck out of them. Uh, you know, aside on that, but I mean, climate change. That's that's, but, which which is crazy to me is that. You know, most Republicans are climate change deniers, like 85 percent of the people in the Republican Party just don't believe in climate change. It's, like, how do you, it's not a belief system. It's a fact versus a fiction. And these guys just want to create their own facts and, you know, the, they just want to ignore facts and they want to create their own. But you're entitled to your opinion but you're not entitled to your own facts. Thanks. So, you no, know, that's my two two cents.
1: Well, well uh, well said and well spent those two cents. Thank you Jason. I would add that the uh, 85% by the way, that's of, of elected Republican officials or maybe even higher. I'm not sure, you know, I I, I think that uh, Uh, And Desi's uh, wrestling some calls to the ground, so I can't ask her. But I I think that a majority now of Republicans, at least Republican voters, uh, actually understand that climate change is very real. They're uh, (laughs) they're elected officials. However, they're another matter. 818-985-5735. The first presidential debate is coming up on Monday. Hofstra University in New York. And what would you like to hear Lester Holt, NBC News, uh, the moderator of that debate, ask of Donald Trump uh, and or Hillary Clinton. Because, you know, we'll see if he bothers to even ask anything about climate change. For years, we have been complaining on this program and on The Green News Report how in presidential uh, debates... Climate change doesn't even exist. Who was a Candy Crowley back in 2012. I think she referred to people complaining about the fact that she hadn't asked any climate change uh, uh, questions. She referred to them as you climate change people. Okay, Uh, let's go to uh, let's see. Where am I here? Uh, John in Koreatown out here in Los Angeles. Hey, John, welcome to the broadcast. What would you like to see? What would you like to see asked on the uh, presidential Uh, debate?
5: I would like him to ask some of the issues that Assange has brought up from her emails. For example, he, the emails claim that... That, uh, that
1: who has brought that up, John? Armed,
5: who? That, uh, Julian Assange. Oh,
1: Assange. Gotcha.
5: The releases of her, her emails, it, 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 well, some of them claim that, or, or basically say that she armed, armed armed ISIS. Why did she do it? I want to know.
1: You believe that Hillary Clinton armed ISIS? That's what
5: the emails say, and no one's denying that those emails are hers. It, Nobody's denying those emails are hers. You go look. You go look what Assange is saying. You go look what Putin is saying. Okay. You go look what people are in the region are saying. Okay. Yes, that's what they're saying. The email says that's from a horse's mouth.
1: Okay. I have not seen an email. I, I will, John. I have not seen an email from Hillary Clinton saying that she was arming ISIS. But I'll certainly uh, be happy to look. And of course, I agree with you. If she did, I would love to see Lester Holt ask her why she is arming ISIS. But Consider me uh, consider me dubious. Uh, I appreciate that, though, John. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, let me go to Stan in Anaheim. Hey, Stan, welcome to the broadcast. What would you like to see the presidential candidates grilled on on Monday?
6: I'd like both of them to be asked.
1: Other than on we... a grill, an actual grill. But anyway, go ahead, Stan.
6: <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'd like to, uh, both of them to be asked, what three Supreme, Supreme Court decisions do they find most, um, most important in American history? And why? And
1: do you think that Hillary Clinton would be able to answer that question?
6: Better than... She would be more... Okay. Better, yes, only because she knows more about the history of the Supreme Court. Yeah. I, I mean, she's smart. Yeah.
1: And so do you I, think that Donald Trump would be able to answer uh, those questions?
6: I don't think he would be able to answer. Uh, if she were to uh, be asked first... Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, of course, Well, of course, he would... He would support Plessy versus Ferguson and things like that, but uh, I don't think he'd be able to add, add, ask, answer it, and that's what I think is important.
1: Do you think he even knows what Plessy versus Ferguson is, Stan? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm serious.
6: Uh, no, no, of course not. Uh, and neither, do, neither do most of my neighbors or people, that my colleagues. Yeah. But yeah.
1: I think what he would say is, uh, well, you know, uh, that that, uh, recent decision by the Supreme Court to make sure people could keep their guns uh, in Washington, D.C., I think that's the best decision they ever made. And that's why we need someone like... Uh, Antonin Scalia, and then he would go off into a different area and it would be all over. But uh, so I don't think he'd be able to answer that question at all. And it's kind of troubling, by the way. You know, Chris Wallace of Fox News is going to be one of the moderators, not on Monday, but on one of the later presidential debates. And he's already said, it's not my job to be a fact checker. So, uh, you know, and we certainly saw that from Matt Lauer uh, a couple of weeks ago in that uh, Commander-in-Chief forum uh, who let uh, Trump get away with all manner of lies. Not his job to be a fact checker either, I guess. Anyway, Stan, uh, good question. And uh, I would like to see him uh, answer those questions because day one, day one, when I, uh, you know— hear a lot of people talking about the the presidential election and they say, well, you know what? Worst thing that happens is we have to suffer through four years of Donald Trump and then we can elect someone else. Well, it is not just four years of Donald Trump. There is already a Supreme Court vacancy from day one. He will decide whoever the president uh, is elected president will decide. Uh, the the majority of the Supreme Court, whether it will lean to the left or lean to the right. And that decision will affect this nation for a generation, at least. So congratulations if you can survive four years of Donald Trump, if you've got the resources to enjoy that and to survive that. Um, But it's not just four years. It is a generation. We're still paying the price, as you may have noticed uh, for George W. Bush and his presidency all of these years later. Uh, all right, let's get to some more calls. 818-985-5735. Uh, Mark in Thousand Oaks, so welcome to the yeah. broadcast, sir.
7: Hi,
4: Brad. Well, uh, first time I'm calling, not about Bernie Bust, talking about the Supreme Court, because you just told that perfectly. But to answer your question, I would love if Lester Holt is going to ask to grill him is how does Donald Trump, a grown man, get away with a second grade tactic regarding how he's going to defeat ISIS by saying it's a secret. I mean, everybody knows that's what a kid does when he doesn't do his homework or whatever. I'm not going to tell you how does in the modern era, someone get away with something so large as defeating ISIS, get away as an adult saying, I'm not going to tell you. It's a secret. Uh,
1: it's a secret plan. And I'm not going to reveal that secret plan until uh, I'm elected, because I don't want to give it away to the to the bad guys. That's what he'll say. And that'll be the end of it, Mark. I mean, you can say, why do you have a secret plan or what, you know, and he'll say, you know, so I don't let the enemy know. What is the secret plan? I'm not going to say. I'm not going to let the enemy know, and that's it. He just gets away with it, Mark.
4: Yeah. Grilled him, so to speak, on that tactic, saying that's not going to fly. That's just a, a childish response.
1: It, uh, well, is that is that the role of the a moderator in a debate? Is that the role of Lester Holt to say your response is childish?
4: Well, I think it's his whole it's his role to hold a feet to the fire and to to somewhat you can put it in a way to say that that's not an acceptable answer i think most people would understand that it would be up to him to phrase it in such a way that i mean do you not believe that that's a child or suspicion
1: oh of course i do it's ridiculous uh it's also actually it's a lie is what it is he's got nothing he's got no plan he's got nothing but i don't know how you get that out of him in a debate
4: well that's 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 my yeah. point. I'll, I'll leave it at that, but I think right. that's
1: Lester Holt's job to bring that out. I, I hear you, and I don't know how, and that's why I'm looking for questions. I'd, I'd love to hear from you. Thanks, Mark. I appreciate right, that thanks. call uh, very much. 818-985-5735. 818-985-KPFK. We are here live in uh, Pacifica Radio's KPFK studios in Los Angeles. Uh, let me get to... Who do we go here? Uh, let me go to uh, David in Marino Valley. Hey, David, welcome to the broadcast. What do you want to see asked about in next week's uh, presidential debate?
5: I would like to know what is he going to do about the killing of the black people in the United States here? Hmm. That's the question I would like to know from either candidate. What are they going to do about the senseless killing of black people and people getting off about it? And not just blacks, but all races of people. What mm-hmm. are they going to do about that Just stop this?
1: And a and, uh, good question, very quickly, what do you think, what would you like to hear them answer in that case?
5: Um, I would like police to get more training so they get a better understanding of the citizens that they're dealing with instead of just coming up and shooting right off the top of the, without, you know, without a uh, an mm-hmm. explanation. Yep. And then when they do that, I want a full investigation and I want the truth to come out. And that way, if they did do it um, wrongly, then they can get... There can be a justification for that. Yep. Have them arrested, whatever it's got to be. We're human beings. We're not animals out here. Yes, you sir. Know? And it's just, it's just out of line. Yeah. It's out of line.
1: Agree. Thank you, David. I appreciate that call very much. Uh, 818-985-5735 is our number. Let's go to uh, Sheila in Monterey Park. Hey, Sheila, welcome to the broadcast.
8: Hi there. Hi there. I'd like to know if any of Mrs. Clinton's Democratic Party stalwarts have suggested that she drop out and let uh, Uncle Bernie run.
1: <laughs> well, yeah. Is that a question you would ask to Hillary Clinton at the debate,
8: Sheila? Uh, that's a question I would ask, yes.
1: <laughs> okay. And when she says no, nobody has suggested that. Uh, and by the way, I don't even know if they can do that legally. Uh, just,
8: uh, she could get sick. She's done that before
1: yes you can get sick but that's not replacing her on the ballot with a different candidate who lost the uh, the primary contest
8: well they keep they keep suggesting that uh, that the green party and the the other guy uh-huh. uh, drop out so that uh, she can win? Why not she drop out so Bernie can win?
1: Okay.
8: <laughs> okay. I think he has a better chance of doing it than she has.
1: Uh, okay. I hear you, Sheila. Uh, and of course, that's the case we made uh, during the primaries, but we are now past the primaries, unfortunately. Thanks, Sheila. I appreciate, I appreciate that call you. very Bye-bye. much. 818-985-5735. Let's go to Angela in Sacramento. Hey, Angela, welcome to the broadcast. Oh hi! Oh my! Okay, hi. So my
8: question is for Donald Trump. Yeah, and
2: um, I understand, and he has stated that he wanted to run for president because he can make all of this
4: change. And oh no, why did he not run oh, go. for governor or?
8: Because you have to understand how government works in order to be president. It is not a job that you can just learn on the fly. So why did he decide to run for president instead of a lower office?
1: That's an excellent question, Angela. Thank you very much for that. Uh, and, and that's actually very, very thoughtful. And I don't know what kind of BS and nonsense he'd answer it with.
4: Uh, <laughs> Neither do I, but it would be very interesting. Yeah, to find out. I
1: agree. Yeah. Thanks, Angela. All right. I appreciate it. Let's hope they ask uh, that question. Lester is listening to did. the show right now. Let's go to uh, Jim in, uh, in Cerritos. Hey, Jim, welcome to the broadcast.
7: Hi, how are you doing? I'm doing Uh, okay. The question I've asked for both candidates, and hopefully the American people, is uh, the war on terror is 15 years old. It's probably cost about $5 trillion that they'd admit to. It's probably more than that. It's cost a minimum of 1 million lives. It's probably a lot more than that. It's displaced easily 5 million people. It's been running so long, both parties have been telling us, more and more perpetuating lies to justify it. Mm-hmm. And they've expanded it to other countries. And they've justified not only saying we're fighting bad people over there, they end up arming the bad people over there, where the CIA is funding one guy and the Defense Department's funding the others. It's a complete fiasco. It's built on lies. It's a total fraud. Which one of these candidates are brave enough to step up and say, We are ending the charade? The money goes back to the American people. And we will stop lying and justifying these lies to perpetuate wars, to feed so, the military industrial complex and all the sheep and psychopaths that suck off that tit.
1: So, so Jim, uh, what you're saying is, so the question would be what?
7: what? what the question would, would yeah. be, do you have the courage to admit the war on terror has been a lie, and do you have a courage to stand up and say, I'm ending this charade once and for all?
1: Okay. Thank you. Thanks. appreciate that, Jim. Uh, 818-985-5735. We can get to. uh, Yeah, we got time for a uh, a few more calls. Give us a call. 818-985-KPFK. You can also tweet me at the Brad blog looking for questions that you'd like to see asked of the two uh, candidates who are going to appear in the debate on Monday night. The first presidential debate on Monday night in uh, in New York, a question for Donald Trump, a t- question for Hillary or a question for both of them. Uh, let's see. Who do we got? We got A lot. Of, I know we got a lot of folks uh, holding here. Let me go to uh, who should I hit here? Uh, Barbara. Yes. Barbara and Gardena. Hey, Barbara, welcome to the broadcast. What is the question that you would like to see asked of the candidates on Monday?
8: All right. The question is to Hillary Clinton, mm-hmm. and I'd like to know her view on children soldiers. Since during her tenure, they canceled the sanctions that were uh, put in in the Bush area on uh, countries using children soldiers. And the other thing I'd like to ask mm-hmm. um, Hillary Clinton,
1: which con- is- which countries, by the way, Barbara?
8: Which countries use children soldiers?
1: No, you said there was uh, uh, sanctions. I said
8: that there was a law during the Bush era. Yeah. that was passed. Right. Levying sanctions on countries who use children soldiers.
1: Right. I was just curious what countries those were, and you're saying they, they canceled that uh, protection against that san- those sanctions of countries that used I child soldiers.
8: Say canceled at least, suspended so that they could uh, give dope, mm-hmm. Viagra, and guns to the children of Libya and those in Syria. And I want to know what's her current view on the use of children's soldiers. And the other thing I'd like to ask her yeah. is how she thinks or what effect she thinks her policies or the policies during her tenure uh, in Syria uh, arming moderates, arming Syria youth, contributed Mm -hmm. to the 450,000 people who are dead now and the millions who are refugees now.
1: Thank you, Barbara. I appreciate that. Uh, And uh, I'm not sure that they were giving the children uh, Viagra or that they uh, are currently in any event supporting arming uh, children, oh, maybe I'm wrong, children in Syria and Libya. But uh, good question. Uh, 818-985-5735. Let me get to Robert in Bell Gardens, California. Hey, Robert, welcome to the broadcast. What do you want to see asked of the candidates Monday night?
9: Should the United States of America re marijuana? Yes. That's easy. Thank you. appreciate it. <laughs> Basically, what I would suggest yeah. is that it is in the best interest of the United States of America, California, the United States of America, and the world to relegalize marijuana, the beneficial, versatile, historically legal marijuana cannabis temp plant. <laughs> the specific relegalization legalization reasons I would state and would be prepared to discuss are freedom of thought, First Amendment, consciousness, self-determination, and individual autonomy, the pursuit of happiness. Inconsistent with America's economic system and America's political and social ethics. Privacy, justice, Eighth Amendment, Ninth Amendment, equal protection, medicine, food, fuel. All doctors, right, all food. right. I, I,
1: I, so I take it you're in favor of legalizing marijuana. Uh, th-
9: thanks. Proposition 64, it's finally put the sacrament back in Sacramento.
1: There you go. P- Prop 64, is that what the number is out here in, uh, in California? To to
9: re-legalize marijuana for adults in California, yes.
1: Thank you, sir. Thank you, Robert.
9: And by the way, I
1: always enjoy you on the movie phone as well. So thank you for that. (laughs)
9: Thanks, Brad.
1: Have have a good day. Do we got to do a break? We we got a minute. 818-985-5735. Let me go to, uh, where are we? Chuck in Huntington Beach. Hey, Chuck, welcome to the broadcast. Thank
10: you question for both of them would simply be, what's their plan for dealing with our $19 trillion public debt?
1: And uh, what's your concern about our $19 trillion public debt?
10: <laughs> uh, how in the hell are we going to pay it?
1: And uh, uh, is this a top concern of yours, given all the actual problems we've got going on in our country and in our world right now?
10: Well, I think that... Um, how we deal with um, the domestic policies are going to either feed or diminish that public debt and so okay. if we continue with the um, extending the public debt what are we going to do are they you know okay and what's,
1: and, what's and, and very and very quickly uh, essentially there's two solutions to that uh, you know in- increase uh, revenue or uh, cut spending what's what's your favorite plan there Chuck
10: Um. Personally, I don't have a favorite plan. Uh-huh. Um, most people don't want to see either one happen, yeah. but I think we're, we're going to have to make some dramatic changes uh, policy-wise as well as mm-hmm. personal for our great-great-grandchildren. All right. and I haven't seen any politicians really even mention that much uh, in this, last
1: political arena. Okay. Yeah, well, you've got uh, both candidates willing to uh, spend a whole lot of government money for a whole bunch of uh, different ideas and different programs. Donald Trump is certainly anything but a What do they used to pretend to call themselves, small government conservative? Uh, Donald Trump certainly ain't that. Uh, Let me get to Morris here, and then we'll get to a break and maybe some more calls and the Green News Report all straight ahead. Hey, Morris, uh, you stayed on the line all uh, the entire hour last week when I opened up the phones, and I wasn't able to get to you. So, A, I'm sorry about that, and B, uh, you have the floor, sir.
10: Oh, I appreciate your show, Brad, but I just have some very serious questions here. First of all, I would ask Donald Trump, at what age did you lose your virginity?
0: And then I would (laughs) ask him, why
10: haven't you released your taxes? And for Mrs. Clinton, I would ask her, do you and Bill still have sex? That would be my question. Now, okay.
1: Uh, Morris, hang on. Don't go away, Mo. Are you there? Yes. Sure. Okay. Yeah. So uh, that middle question: uh, Why won't you release your taxes? I mean, we'll know what what he'll say. He'll pretend that he can't because he's being audited. Uh, but boy, you've got kind of a, an obsession with uh, sex of the, uh, the sex lives of the two you candidates. If the American
10: public knew they were going to talk about Donald Trump's virginity and Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton's sex life, everybody be watching. But if you're talking about sixty million refugees, if you're talking about people being decimated in this country around the world, folks just aren't interested. So I thought I would bring in. Two Two very important questions, and I'm sure the American public will be interested
1: uh, Okay. I, I have a feeling they're going to be interested in this debate Monday, and I, I have a feeling this could be uh, perhaps the most-watched television event in the history of TV, but we'll see. Good to hear from you, Morris. Thanks for calling in, okay. man. All right. Uh All right. Let's get to a, a quick break, Well, maybe we'll be able to get to some of your calls uh, after the break. Desi Doyen, you're on deck with the Green News Report man, I don't I'm not looking forward. I got to be honest. Uh, I'm not looking forward to this debate. I am really not. I, I think a lot of people think this is fun, and uh, Morris comes up with a couple of amusing questions. Uh, I think this is real damned serious and real damned concerning. And it's not just about uh, ratings, uh, you know, for cable TV and for network news. This is a real damn serious matter, and it's very troubling, at least to me. I'm Brad Friedman. This is your Bradcast. Melting for Desi Doyen as the uh, heat is on out here in Los Angeles, even in late September, and oh, yeah. uh, it's getting worse in the days ahead. Oh, goody. Uh, I know. <laughs> sorry. Let me get to it. Let me do one more uh, quick call here, and okay. we'll get to the Green News report. Uh, let me get to, standby, uh, standby Des, uh, Orlando uh, in Orange County. Hey, Orlando, uh, what would you like to see the uh, campaigns asked about, the, the candidates asked about on Monday?
5: Uh, campaign, finance report, I mean, uh, reform. Uh, Uh, Trump says he bought off Hillary, and Hillary accepted the money to be bought off. And we have a TPP with uh, uh, Mr. Obama that's Mm going to throw the whole country out (laughs) under the river or whatever. (laughs) So uh, it's like the politicians are bought off. So Yeah. uh, Uh Goldstein.
1: I appreciate I appreciate that, Orlando. You know, a campaign finance has just fallen off the radar this year with a supposed billionaire running for president. Uh, we haven't been talking about it at all, but I think we're actually going to be talking about it tomorrow on the broadcast if yes. the news gods are with us. I won't say who, <laughs> but uh, all right. Are, are we ready, Des? Yes. All right. Let's get to it. Our latest Green News Report.
4: The pipelines, they're underground. You don't hear anything about them until something goes
2: wrong. Massive gasoline pipeline spill in Alabama. Temporary reprieve for the Dakota Access Pipeline. U.N. Secretary General trying to Trump-proof landmark climate pact. Plus,
6: we must protect and value vital marine ecosystems rather than treating the oceans as an endless resource to be exploited and as a dumping ground for our waste.
2: Leonardo DiCaprio wants you to watch over the oceans.
6: He is
1: the king of the world, after all. All of those stories and more straight ahead. From Bradblog.com, I'm Brad Friedman. And
2: I'm Desi Doyen. Stand
1: by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and snarky comment for the
0: first time ever in recorded history everywhere in the united states for the next 90 days is projected to be well above normal temperature wise something to think about i don't know seems like more than just something to think about but i guess a local meteorologist can't say something to keep you awake at night as you ponder a future on a slowly dying planet now over to kevin with sports
1: (laughs) and now over to desi doyan with the green news report Okay, Desi Doyen... A lot of pipelines in the news for the past week or two, and uh, this week is no exception.
2: Yep, it's true. Cleanup crews are now hard at work in Alabama at a massive gasoline pipeline spill. No cause yet determined for the estimated 350,000 gallon spill that's now causing gas shortages across the southeast. That prompted the governors of Alabama and five other states to declare states of emergency to accelerate fuel delivery and curb price gouging. Alabama reporter Dennis Pillian, in an interview, Interview on the broadcast said the leak was actually a lucky break located next to an abandoned mine retaining pond that captured most of the gasoline by chance sparing a wildlife refuge.
4: The Cahaba River has numerous threatened and endangered species under the Endangered Species Act that are found nowhere else in the world. So it's also a major concern that the gasoline not reach the Cahaba River and, and from everything we're hearing the gasoline is not reaching this river. It certainly seems that we might have uh, caught an incredibly lucky break there.
1: Incredibly lucky that the rupture just happens to have gone into an old abandoned coal mine retaining pond. It's kind of remarkable, actually.
2: Also remarkable, pipeline owner Colonial Pipeline is being praised by both officials and even the Cahaba Riverkeeper Organization for its cleanup response.
1: That won't last. Remember, they're not allowing any journalists into the site yet because the fumes are so overwhelming. So uh, we'll keep our eyes on this over the next few days and weeks.
2: Speaking of pipelines and spills, up in North Dakota, a temporary reprieve in the legal effort to stop the Dakota Access Pipeline near the Standing Rock Sioux Tribe Reservation. Late on Friday, the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals ruled to temporarily halt all construction for 20 miles on either side of the Missouri River crossing until the tribe's full lawsuit can be heard. In a separate action, a federal judge also threw out a restraining order against the tribal chairman david archambault and several protesters in other news at the our oceans conference in washington dc late last week actor and environmentalist leonardo dicaprio announced the release of a new free online tool that uses live satellite and radar data to allow any user to track any industrial fishing operation in the oceans to help stop illegal fishing nice
6: this platform will empower citizens across the globe to become powerful advocates for our oceans with the data Global Fishing Watch provides, governments, fishery management organizations, researchers, and the fishing industry can work together, rebuild fisheries, and protect critical marine habitats. We encourage all of you to take advantage of this new technology and work together to effectively monitor and protect our seas.
2: The online monitoring tool is free at globalfishingwatch.org. Also at the Global Oceans Conference, U.S. Secretary of State John Kerry announced more than $5 billion in new funding for conservation programs, and five nations, including France, will implement plastic bag bans to help stem the tide of plastic pollution choking wildlife in the seas. That was last week. This week is the United Nations General Assembly in New York City, where the New York Times reports U.N. Secretary General Ban Ki-moon is trying to Trump-proof the historic Paris Agreement by speeding up ratification of the accord. That agreement binds all nations to cut greenhouse gas emissions and will come into force when 55 nations representing 55 percent of global emissions sign on. The world's two biggest polluters, China and the United States, have signed. If the European Union countries complete fast-track ratification by early October. The accord could be enacted as early as the day before the United States presidential election in November. That would be record speed for an international compact. Now, it wouldn't stop a potential Trump administration from undermining the accord, but it would make it much more difficult.
1: Unbelievable that the U.N. has to go to this kind of measure to Trump-proof trump proof The climate agreement. Just extraordinary. For much more on that story and all of the others that we couldn't get to today, check out our website at greennews.bradblog.com. Don't forget, you can download our reports anytime via Stitcher, TuneIn, or iTunes. Find us and follow us on the Facebooks and the Twitters at Green News Report. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyen. And this has been your Green News Report. DiCaprio uh, That song is going to follow him around for the rest of his life. Yes, it
2: is. (laughs) But we do have an update. Now, today at the U.N. General Assembly, uh, Secretary General Ban Ki-moon announced that they have reached 60 countries. So they have now passed the first threshold to to ratify the Paris Agreement. They haven't met the second one at uh, emissions... That the the basic emissions level of fifty five percent. The countries have to have yeah.
1: more than fifty five percent of the world emissions before it kicks in. Right. right? So we're
2: still missing seven percent of those emissions that can be met soon. The EU pledges that they will meet this by the end of the year. We'll see if they do. By, yeah, and
1: the fact that they're doing this so that the agreement this has never kicks happened in before this fast. This fast. And so that it stays in effect for four years during the Trump presidency. Yeah. Uh, amazing. All right. Yes. Uh, thank you, Desi Doyen, our producer. My thanks to our board operator, G. To all of you who called in today, uh, greatly appreciated. Sorry I couldn't get to everybody, but I tried. Uh, and uh, if you missed any portion of today's program, download it anytime for free at Bradblog.com or at iTunes or KPFK.org, whatever your favorite download site is. You can email me. I'm bradcast at bradblog.com, and I'm on the Twitters and the Facebooks at TheBradBlog. That's it. We'll be back with you tomorrow. Until then, I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world.